this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Ah, God only knows where I'd be without this podcast and its guests and listeners. Welcome, everyone, to the second holiday 2022. Yes. Episode. Forgot the year for a second. I was going to say, is this a year thing or or a title thing that you're forgetting? (laughs) No, the title, I don't know. The number episode number I don't even bother with anymore. 227, 226, somewhere around there. I really hope when we get to 250, I don't realize it. And we just sit down to record like a fucking Catwoman episode. And then I'm like, welcome to episode. Oh, no. Shut it down. That's not what we're here to do today, though. We're here today to do everyone's objectively favorite Christmas movie. Sam also's favorite movie of all time. Let's not oversell it. Kim's top a thousand, maybe. Somewhere in there. <laughs> I don't think time. it makes the list. <laughs> of the top 1,000 movies yeah, that you've it's, seen. It's not on there. <laughs> That's stay tuned for that list, though. <laughs> I want to see that list because what Ed, like what eked it out? Your s- seventh grade Christmas recital video, I guess. Or somebody else's, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, love actually. Uh, Sam watches this daily. Yeah, every like day, year every round, single day. Sixty-five. I look forward to leap years because it means I get to watch it for three hundred. <laughs> oh, it's a three sixty-six year. <laughs> Yay! I think next year is maybe twenty twenty-four. Twenty twenty-four, I think, is the next one. Yeah, soon. Every other movie is measured against this one. Like we went to go see Nope, and we left, it and I was like, "What do you think?" And you were like, "That was like." 0.7 love actuallys because if it hits one that means it's equal that's your rating scale it's the yep. percentage of how close it gets to achieving equal level with love actually so well done nope with a 0.7 <laughs> pretty good uh kim what's your history with love actually sam you don't get to say your real one <laughs> i remember in high school or like sage up years, people really liking it and really close friends really liking it. And I remember everybody kind of loving that cue cards moment, which is disgusting as I watch it. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I ever fully watched it until last year. And even that I was baking Christmas cookies and not paying attention. So this was my first time sitting down and watching the whole thing start to finish. Oh, that's actually cool. I thought your history was very different. I thought this was more of a, I used to be a fan and then slowly over time. I used to be it. a fan of Kira Knightley. As we all were. And, you know, I'll correct that statement. I'm still a fan of Kira Knightley. <laughs> She's very pretty. Um, Even now, still weird to see her in modern times. Yeah, yeah, not a period piece. Yeah, um, just wearing and that's... a fluffy sweater. <laughs> so rarely gets to do that. Getting married, 
with the man of choice. That yeah, whole well, marriage. Yeah. Anyways, I, I yeah, that, that, that was my that. <laughs> that was my my history with it. And um I think back in the day I looked at that cue card scene and was like, cute. But I grew up and became I, yeah, <laughs> more I critical. A, I have a couple other friends with a very similar. They watched it in you know university when it first came out and saw that particular bit. And I remember I, I saw it for the first time around the same time. And it was this that was the consensus like, oh, my God, that's so romantic. And now 19 years later, you go like girl run. <laughs> red flag red flag Kick the cue card out of his hand and run uh sam we can tell your true origin because it's similar to kim's and that i feel like when kim said i watch it while baking cookies it's more so background for you as well yeah i really liked this one when it first came out i'd watch it like every christmas and it became like my thing that i would watch it every christmas while doing my gift wrapping drinking hot chocolate, doing all that crap. And every year I like it a little less. <laughs> <laughs> so you year, watch it by choice. like you. Yeah, like it was a okay. thing. And now I'm just like, I've got a good streak going. I can't break the tradition. But last year I accidentally didn't pause it while I walked away for like almost an hour. And I was so relieved when I came back and the movie was 45 minutes shorter. It was fantastic. Yeah, so. for those of you who don't know, this movie is 135 so minutes long. Uh, so was our next movie, Spoilers, The Holiday. It's uh, like four minutes shorter, I think. And yeah, we'll get to that one. It's got but less credits, that's why. Maybe. That's, that's actually true. Otherwise, <laughs> It is a really small cast, actually, in that movie. It's like 12 people, I think. Okay, I can't say too much more because I was about to start getting into my notes from The Holiday. <laughs> uh, my history with love actually is similar-ish. Saw it when it came out super liked it i remember my parents were like oh my gosh it's so good i don't own it i went downstairs to my blu-ray shelf and went to l for love actually and it wasn't there <laughs> i was so taken aback like came upstairs like i don't understand <laughs> it should be there but apparently i don't own this movie so i had to watch it on streaming which apparently is something kids do you load up a streaming service and there's movies there it's weird I don't trust it. I feel confident my DVD copy is still somewhere in my parents' basement. I wasn't I, going to look for it, though, because I watched it on Prime like a normal person. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing. It was too. on Prime? It was. Did you pay money for it? I paid $5 for this movie. <laughs> oh, I feel I bad. I watched it through the Cineplex store. I think I think it is a subscription on Prime. Like I think it was Paramount it, Plus or something. Which mm. we did get for Smile, and I forgot to cancel, so it worked out great. <laughs> I canceled immediately. Okay, good for you. <laughs> so it worked out anyway, because you would have had to pay 10 bucks to get Paramount Plus back. So and which would have been 10 bucks for Love Actually. So I really did save money. It's, yeah, actually, you actually there did. We go. <laughs> because I just forgot and I ended up paying for Paramount Plus. So I was like, well, here's a couple more bucks of value. Uh, and I haven't seen this movie in six, six, seven years, probably. I don't think I've, I don't remember watching it while living in this house. And it's been six years since we moved here. So, holy cow. It's been a bit. Time. Wow. Time, right? <laughs> so I was, I was ready to go. And I was very aware that the perception on this movie has shifted. And now there's definitely more of a, oh, this movie's problematic. And then there's the other group that's like, shut the fuck up and just enjoy the movie. Let's see where everybody lands. It's time to talk about Love Actually, which, boy, 
I don't know about you two, but I forgot invokes 9-11 within the first 60 seconds. That was my first note is they mentioned the Twin Towers and then that segues into love is actually all around us. And it's you're like, oh, no. So unnecessary. <laughs> it was enough to do the, the airport thing. You didn't need to. It was. I guess it was different times. Maybe it was sort of a like, look, if you're going to talk about airports, you have to say something about. 9/11, but the airport but... doesn't matter to the movie. It's just like a really quick, sappy way to be like, here's the connections between the characters that yeah. you didn't know existed until it's the end. It's literally like an easy arrivals gate. Like that is literally all it serves for. Like there's no, it didn't need to. And there's like that one scene at the end, which like, I mean, we'll get to it. But when we were framing this as being like, this is a post 9-11 airport. Let's watch this child run. (laughs) Like, Yeah, there is also that. You can't evoke 9-11 and then show how lax security is at this airport. Yeah. In New York. That's a really good point. No, not New York. It's in London. Of course, it's (laughs) in London. Yeah, it's Heathrow. But yeah. Um, Yeah, it's really weird to all like it's all footage of real people that they captured. It's like, that's all nice. And then all of a sudden he's like, when the plane hit the Twin Towers, there were no messages of hate, which mm, kind of it was a big I, hate moment. I'm just saying I, he's like, oh, the voicemails that people left, they were messages of love. I bet one or two. <laughs> hey, Larry, through. you never returned my lawnmower yeah. and I'll never forgive you. Eat <laughs> shit. <laughs> Jake, it's Pete. Uh, things are looking bad here. So I just wanted to call and say you're a real piece of shit, Jake. <laughs> just a real piece of shit click how do we even do this because obviously there's like eight storylines we can't do we just pick one and talk about it and then move to the next yeah i think so yeah all right rather than do it chronologically let's let's see who our people are this movie must have been a nightmare to edit just an absolute nightmare to edit like whose story haven't we seen in a while and sometimes that creates kind of a bizarre tonal shift of Boy, isn't Laura Linney's life terrible? This guy's gonna sleep with Alicia Cuthbert. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right, which story? Oh, I should have put them all in a wheel and spun it. You know what? Maybe I still can. I don't know anybody's names in this movie, so I'm gonna need context for their names. <laughs> uh, I will be referring to all of them as the actors who portray them. So <laughs> that's fine. I when I was talking uh off mic to Rob, who I actually will have to pull up uh i asked him for the significance of the christmas number one single in the uk Mm. which factors into this plot very heavily in at least one storyline and it's a big big deal there so i was like can you give me a couple sentences about why it's such a big deal and he did so i'll have to pull that up so who do we have we have porn actors i liked them prime minister (laughs) um colin firth who else? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, the Bill Nighy singer. Uh, I spelled his name wrong. What other storylines am I missing? Oh, Emma Thompson, of course. Yeah. Oh, there's... Which ones have you said? Porn actors, Prime Minister, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, rock star, Emma Thompson. Okay, so we're missing uh, Laura, Laura Keira Linney. Knightley, of course, and Laura Linney. Yep. And... Okay. Uh, Oh my god, ginger, ginger Brit. 
Ginger. Oh, of course. I'm going to go yeah, sleep guy. with Alicia Cuthbert. Ginger Brit is exactly what I'm going to write because I like it because it's almost like gingerbread and that's very Christmassy. <laughs> okay. So apparently there's nine goddamn storylines in this I movie. I thought there were only eight. Nope. How did I we add nine. one? <laughs> so let's spin the wheel. I hope that's picking up on Mike. That wheel noise. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's- <laughs> Too bad. It's very enjoyable. All right. We are going to talk about Ginger Brit first. Uh, not a whole lot to say because his entire thing is one punch. Like, it leads up to one punchline, which I still appreciate a little bit. Who's Ginger Brit? Colin. Oh. The guy who's like, I can't get laid here because he's a douche. <sighs> We're introduced to him insulting the caterer at a wedding. And then I do appreciate how he tries to backtrack it. I do as well. And this whole thing is I'm going to go to America and, and immediately get laid. And then I appreciate that after all of that, he gets to America and his plan works immediately and in the most over the top, insane way, like just goes to one random bar, says five words and then sleeps with about five women. <laughs> And like not like your average like American oh, no, it, dot like it's like Alicia Cuthbert. I think like Denise Richard is the friend that like he Shannon brings Elizabeth, with it. Uh, it, January yeah. Jones. I forget the fifth girl. For a second, I thought it was the sister on Shit's Creek, but it's not. I don't, I don't remember. But that's it. That's the story. That's yeah. yeah. I didn't like the story. I didn't like. I don't like that guy as an actor. I don't like I th- st- I thought the story had nothing to add to the plot, to no. the emotion, <laughs> to anything. I didn't find it funny. Um I love how he kind of like like you're saying he shit talks the food and he's talking to the cook and then he blames women for being the problem why he can't get laid and you're like you were the problem <laughs> yeah because like oh, the yeah. is such a frigid <laughs> bitch like she's such a, a prude or whatever because he's like insulting the food while being up in her face and like actively spitting out the food that like she's it's just like no you're the problem buddy oh, yeah. like, all of that is terrible and he sucks i just appreciate the punchline because you're like this is going to be a disaster and it is weirdly cartoonish like i said to cut to that story from i'm not going to say serious plot lines but Some are more serious than others. By the point in the movie where he is, you know, oh, shit, look at all these American women I'm going to sleep with is when like the Emma Thompson storyline and the Laura Linney storyline are all kind of hitting their depressing endpoints. So I guess, you know, it's not that bad to say here's some levity, but it is one joke and it's it's, just that one punchline. I did write that they were listening to Maroon 5 in the car when his buddy's driving him to the airport to go to America, which made it so much worse for me. (laughs) Which Maroon 5 song? The only one I picked up on is when they're in the bar, they're playing that awful fucking... The smooth by Santana. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like Maroon 5? Give me your heart, make it real. It was from... forget about it. I won't be able to do any justice to this Maroon 5 song, but it's a bad one. Um, And it's loud and it's obnoxious and it's there and I couldn't get past it. You're describing every Maroon 5 song, though, (laughs) is the problem. They all sound the same. Is their entire discography. What am I supposed to do with that? 
It was from the album with the She Will Be Loved. I don't mind spending. Was it that song? Every it was it. That's, that's She Will Be Loved. <laughs> and something pouring rain. But uh, yeah, the, I can't. I can't because we're going to get sued by Adam Levine. <laughs> I kind of wish that was now like the snippet, like the song that we had in the car, your version singing. That would have made it so much better. I could probably recut this movie. <laughs> I should just start recutting all movies. So when a, a serious song is supposed to play, it's just me like that Kelly Clarkson montage. It's just me. Yeah, there's not much more to say about his story. Let's spin the goddamn wheel. The <laughs> love was, actually storyline. Bad, bad start. Yeah, but there's we got it good. done with. And now we're on to Laura Linney. Whose story is she's kind of the only person in this movie Outside of, I guess, a couple, I guess there's a couple, but she does, uh, she does not get a happy ending. I guess, well, it depends on how, I, I don't know. She's also she? the only one who's not at the airport. That's true. Well, I just realized. She can't be, yeah. No, she can't yeah. be because she's busy on the phone. It's or seems... maybe being harassed by her boss. It's unclear. Yeah. So her storyline is, again, all the storylines can be boiled down pretty simply. She's madly in love. She's Kate Winslet in The Holiday. She's madly in love with a colleague. And I guess except The Holiday. Again, I can't reference The Holiday too much. Uh, He does kind of reciprocate it. But she's the only person who's there to care for her brother. I don't know if they necessarily say. Like the brother's situation. He's in a hospital. She's the only person he has. So he's she's kind of always at the beck and call always you know answers the phone like yep i'll absolutely i'll be right there so she's trying to get down with the dude she works with i don't remember his name eric or carl. john or carl, carl. okay i should know because you hear a lot of alan rickman saying like we know like, oh, god can You're i do it right yes carl. there we go carl knows <laughs> yes sleep with carl which seems inappropriate but that's anyways my, that's my alan rickman <sighs> Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're trying to get down and the brother calls and she's like, I can't. It's not bone town time anymore. It's family time. And then he's like, well, I guess that's that. And that's her storyline. And that and that was an actual <laughs> quote from the movie. It's not. <laughs> Which, I thought Laura Linney would never be able to sell that line. But goddamn, she's a professional. Yeah. Yeah. She committed. Sorry, Carl. It's just not bone town time right now. It's like, oh, I, I think this was the story that had the most kind of depth to it. Like I was following it, but then you see Carl and you're like, are you a real human? You robot. Like I was distracted by his tan um, as he's stripping. And I'm like, this is, this is too much tan. And I can't <laughs> buy that. This is attractive for people. <laughs> it Nobody was in 2004. <laughs> three. So even oh, more. Three. So. Okay. Yeah. I think that might actually just be like how he looks because he was in Westworld recently. I think but. this storyline was trying because there is, you know, pl- this, the friendship love story and then there's new love and old love. And I think this one was trying to go for the, you know, s- the family love, but it mm, failed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed because at the end she's with her brother and it's Christmas and they hug. It's like, I don't. I don't know if I'm supposed to think that that's what she wants. It, it feels like 
it's such an obligation and like she doesn't get to live her own life and also like okay her brother is in a facility like he's clearly unwell and like you know he's always calling her with like conspiracy theories and things it's like you are in a facility surely there should be someone controlling your phone access this is too Mm. much this is too much that's also a very good point that he it is odd that he gets free run of the phone all the time and that there should be designated visiting hours and she's popping over all the time but but maybe she agreed to yeah that's true maybe maybe she did agree to it because he does have this this component where he does kind of lash out in anger and he can't really control it so maybe that's the way to mitigate that that's true I, at the same time, I feel like it must be unhealthy for him too, right? Like oh, absolutely. have someone constantly enabling him like, oh, I don't know if I can get the the Pope on the phone right now, but like that can't be good for him. It, I don't know. It just feels very toxic. And I feel like Laura Linney should have gone to Bone Town. I just kind of, when they're about to do it and the Bone phone Town. Call, the term is Bone Town. Yeah. Okay. I refuse to use this term. <laughs> The train's pulling up to Bone Town Station again. <laughs> when they're about to do it and the phone rings and and she picks it up and she has the conversation and then it rings again. And then he says to her, can you just not take the call? Like without knowing the brother's condition, without knowing their relationship, like he is there for the physical sex. Like there's no love here. Well, <laughs> not like, yet. I, there's no substance to their relationship. Like, I'm curious to know. That applies to every story we're about to discuss. <laughs> yes. But what was it about him, of all people, that was attractive? What did you want from this? But he immediately is like, why don't you just hang the phone up on your brother so we can continue this? But there's no there's no bigger conversation around it. Like, what do you need? How can I help? Those are good questions to ask. That's also a good point that are we even supposed to like Carl that much because there's no, Oh, I get it. We can work with that. It's just, look, if we're not going to bone town right now, I got no stake in this fight. So I'll see you at work. And they've like, it seems like they've never really interacted at work, which by the way, I realized on this watch that I have no fucking idea what this company is supposed to be. And like, Three quarters of the characters work for it. I don't. At one point, Alan Rickman's looking at some very important pictures, so I'm going to yes. say it's a magazine because it's 2003 oh, and it's a romantic comedy, so it's probably a magazine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like big prints and murals and things on the walls too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Maybe they ever say it, but that's the most go-to. Where does our rom-com take place? At a magazine. It genuinely Even bothered now, me genuinely bothered me that we didn't know where they worked this time around i don't know why because like i've seen this movie probably like 20 times i have seen it enough times and even then after this viewing when i was talking to rob about it i was like hang on how do liam neeson and emma thompson even know each other and i had no clue exactly they're british so it's just like hello well the kids go to the same school and they're around the same age and i think she was friends with with his dead wife there's also a theory that he's in love with her because at the end of the movie, when Claudia Schiffer shows up, he refers to her as Emma Thompson's character's name by mistake. Mm. So Reddit's like, oh, they're in love. It's like, Reddit, there's enough things going on in this movie without <laughs> you having to add another character dynamic. I but, thought Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson were brother and sister. So I, 
misunderstood. Yeah. For a second, I thought that too, because I was like, wait, so is Liam Neeson also brothers with the prime minister? Prime minister. That doesn't, but no, apparently they're, according to the internet, they're just good friends. Hmm. Okay. But I did question that at the end. I was like, wait, how do these two get like, eh, whatever. Uh, I have no more thoughts about the Laura Linney storyline. I think that just that company needs an a better HR department. Oh my God. Yes. That that whole love story starts with the boss, Alan Rickman calling her in and going, so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody you know, knows you want to fuck them. So you're distracting, you're, you're yeah. distracting everyone. We'd feel better if we knew you'd gone to bone town <laughs> or you're fired. The copy room is free. The door locks. Come on. Yeah. Sleep oh, with no. your coworker or find a new job. Mm. The rest of us can't work. Apparently I'm not even going to try an Alan Rickman. Which is probably but for the best respect. I'm curious to know how that scene was meant to be understood. Like, were people supposed to be like, that's a great boss? Or like, I love I, this story. I Look think, at the relationship I that think they have. so. Yeah, he's fun? just looking out for her. But yeah, if that relationship doesn't go any further than boss and subordinate, it would be very odd to be like, come into my office for a minute. Look, if you're not going <laughs> to fuck Carl, I'm going to. I might. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem for me. Now I'm also gonna try and fuck my other subordinate. So you go fuck that guy. Like this is not a conducive. You're supposed to be writing articles about the best Christmas wreaths or whatever your magazine does. Top ten things to know about the next Marvel movie. <laughs> whatever articles are anymore. Six Easter eggs you might have missed. Uh. I'm gonna spin the wheel because there's still a lot of things on it. That reminds me of Marcel the Shell. <laughs> oh, I gotta see that movie. It's so good, but the the sixty minutes, and they just do the ticking of the clock. <laughs> Colin Firth uh, is a man whose brother sleeps with his wife, and then yeah. he goes to a cottage, and then he gets a housekeeper. And at first, she wears a lot of bulky sweaters, so he's like, "I can't be in love with you." But then she strips to her underwear and he goes, maybe I can. I'm so happy um, you mentioned that. <laughs> and that's their story. And they don't speak the same language. Yeah. So they can't actually have a conversation. So it's purely uh, physical. Oh, this is... 100%. <laughs> well, okay. So the movie does a thing where we just have to assume we aren't seeing a lot of the stuff that's bringing these couples together. It starts, I think five weeks before Christmas. And by the time the movie ends, it's Christmas. So this story kind of has a thing where, cause he drives her home at the end of every day and they're, and then later on they're talking or, you know, sort of talking and saying a lot of the same things. And he says, the worst part of my days or the best part of my day is being in the car with you. And she's like, the worst part of the day is when you drop me off. So I was like, okay, clearly we didn't see a lot of that. So it's a quick way of telling us like, oh, you didn't see a lot of that, but we've been forming a relationship over here while you were spending time with gingerbread. Mm. And we go, well, it probably would have been better to see your stuff, but. Yeah, that it at least feels mutual, but yeah, it's again, so surface level. And like I... the oogling when she's in her underwear is definitely and the music like okay one uh, the music in this movie is fucking great <laughs> by the way like i'm not even kidding i think the score does a lot of the heavy lifting in this movie to make the emotion work because i think the score is fantastic and the christmas vibes of this thing are through the roof 
we've been doing a side thing for flipping through franchises of actual Christmas movies and the vibes are piss poor. So to get to this movie and just be like, fucking it's snowing all the time and every house has $10,000 worth of decorations and there's snowmen and fucking Santa's everywhere. It's like, okay, we are in Christmas. (laughs) You're going to play nobody ought to be alone on Christmas. I love that song. Let's do it. I don't think I paid much attention to the music besides the Maroon 5, which I don't know what that says about me as a person. (laughs) No, but going back to that storyline, what is her last line in the movie? It's so awkward. So she arrives at the airport with Colin Firth to greet friends, Kira Knightley, which we didn't know. And um, she says, wow, your friends are so much more attractive than you. I think I chose the wrong one. And you're like... So it is physical, <laughs> like because it's not just, a good joke. She's just being coy. That's not yeah, a good joke. She's more is. intellectual. <laughs> it was an okay joke. It's an for okay who Barely joke. speaks English. Jamie <laughs> didn't tell right. me his friends were so cute, and it's like you know what? Out of that group, Colin Firth probably does rank third. Who was he up against? Uh, Andrew Knightley. Lincoln and, and uh, her Kira Knightley and her husband, whose yeah. actor's name I can't remember. Colin Firth is third in that group so she's right she shows the wrong englishman granted andrew lincoln was not as good looking in 2003 he got better i, I think you just like him when he's rugged because no, he's rugged I, hate as... the, I, like, I don't like the walking dead so yeah but he's rugged as fuck on the walking he dead, is he so. is anyways was... yeah like call it birth i mean he's and... fine like the you know they each learn to speak the other language and then there's the weird bit at the end where he shows up to immediately be like i'm here to propose and they kind of acknowledge that's fucking crazy and then the entire like everybody who lives in the area comes with him to the restaurant which is a lot of pressure yeah and there's also so many fat jokes there's a lot of fat jokes i always fuck i always remember the people point to the hugh grant story is the fat phobic jokes but most of them are actually in that storyline miss duncan donuts 2003 the dad has another daughter who colin firth is not there to marry so the rest of it is just him being like you're such a fucking piece of garbage other kid it's like jesus I did think I was watching Mamma Mia at that point. It had very Mamma Mia vibes with the whole town following and I could see Colin that. Firth being there. And yeah. Yeah, it was it was cute. Their little exchange in the restaurant is cute, but I couldn't I couldn't appreciate it because of of, of what was just said. Like the the body shaming was just it was too much. She also yeah. ruined his book. Which we, I guess, he forgave because she's smoking hot when she's in her undies. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> like, I was pretty mad you destroyed half my book, but like in that tattoo, no what more. What was f- the tattoo? Oh, because it oh, lingers. It lingered, but I don't it's remember. It's supposed to be the moment where he's like, You're the one. Mm. <laughs> it was because of the back tattoo. <laughs> like in that ass, says Colin Firth's character. Yeah. Sam, you probably know. What's his actual character's name? Uh, it's Mark, I think. Is it? Maybe. That sounds it's I there's a Mark in Hang the on. movie, but it is Hang on. I don't think it's him. It's either Mark or Jamie. Was it Jamie? Yeah. It's I hate, Jamie. I, I hate, hate Uncle, Uncle Jamie. Jamie. Yep. Who the hell's Mark then? Isn't Mark the Andrew Lincoln? Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, it is. Never mind. And I, I'm actually pulling up the 
the cast list. Yeah, that's what I did too, because I there's too many fucking people and I cannot keep track of their names. Oh, I have to go to the second page to find out what the name (laughs) of the girl he's with is. I don't know if I'm ready to do Aurelia. Oh, it is Aurelia. Okay. Or Aurelia. I have to sneeze. I'm gonna mute myself. Uh I don't think I have anything more to say about that story. I didn't have to sneeze. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Why, <laughs> what a weird thing to lie about. That was more entertaining to watch than this movie. So, you know, that was, that was good dialogue. The will they, won't they? <laughs> I, was, I was intrigued more than Bill I Bill Nighy about... <laughs> yeah, is him. next yeah. on the list. So Billy Mac. Billy Mac. Um, I mean, I love Bill Nighy, so I like the story a lot. Um, I just think his character is really funny. He's like an aging rock star who barely repurposes one of his songs to be about Christmas as he tries to get the Christmas number one single. And I'll pull Rob's information up about that. Um, and he's in an interview and just is completely honest. It is like, oh, you and I both know the record's crap. And then his whole thing is just, wouldn't it be funny if I got number one instead of generic teen pop band? And that's he, kind of the premise of that. Uh, yeah, he's he plays an asshole, but he plays the asshole well. And it's entertaining. He's got some really good lines, like when they tell him in an interview, like children are watching and he's like, oh, yeah, don't do drugs <laughs> or don't buy drugs. <laughs> Become a rock star and they give it to you for free. And yeah. he's like, I appreciate that. Which line. was Laurel's <laughs> comment on Twitter. So she, we know she likes that line too. Yeah. I like the, like, who was the best shag? And he's like, Britney Spears. Oh, I'm just kidding. She was rubbish. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Like his, it's another one of those plot lines that like barely connects in. It barely matters. Like it, it his character in doesn't interact. He, I think he's the only character who interacts with nobody from any other storyline. No, I think, I think maybe, uh, like his only connection is that he plays into the Liam Neeson son plot line at the very mm. end because oh, he's yeah. getting naked on TV. But otherwise, like, yeah, even like his manager, I don't think knows anyone. Like there's no connection. He's just there. He's kind of like the frame story, which is a very strange frame story. But I don't know. He's fun. I like him. And I, I think I, I, like, th- I like the ending of that where he just realizes like his manager's his best friend and like that's who I want to spend Christmas with. And I think <laughs> getting that's drunk nice. and watching porn. Let's get pissed and watch porn, which <laughs> I would I think at this point like to kill the idea that dudes sit around and watch porn together. But I also went to uh, at my high school prom at the hotel we were staying in. Someone's room got free porn, <laughs> so everyone just descended. <laughs> on this one girl's poor room but guys I I don't like really it's like like either it's free or you're gonna wake up to the worst bill but no it was just free one of the rooms got free porn so there was a group Mm. of what a sad prom story (laughs) really like clearly the individual rooms were not serving the purpose you might expect at prom Um, all right here's Rob's uh, so I asked him to break down for me the importance of the number one break it down for me break it down break it down for me it went from being the competition that everyone wanted to win east 17 spice girls boy zone westlife to the novelty act contest of the year mr blobby bob the builder to the reality tv hit of the year winners of pop idol x x factor to the protest against reality tv song of the year rage against the machine and later a series of songs about sausage rolls example 
we built this city on sausage rolls. <laughs> this year, Deborah Meaden released an armpit fart single to raise awareness about eliminating single-use plastics. There's no real explanation other than people like to buy each other records at Christmas, so Christmas number one was often also the biggest selling single of the year. He also adds that in 1997, the runner-up was A.O. from the Teletubbies, and the next year it was Chef from South Park singing Chocolate Salty Balls. So there you go. It began as what you see in this movie, a little more serious, and then just became about what's the stupidest thing that we can have win. God, Britain's a weird place. It sure is. But you know what? It sounds pretty fun. (laughs) I do like that it didn't take itself seriously. Like you have... You have the idea that the song that he's singing to get the number one spot is so stupid, but you have that bit at the beginning where he's in the studio recording and he's honestly, he's just got to change one word in the song and he can't do it. And he keeps messing up and then he finally gets it. And you're like, that's not great writing. (laughs) I appreciate that this is almost a pre-internet Because that's what we would do now. Mm. If this guy released this shitty single, we'd be like, oh, we got it'd be so funny to make that win. So I appreciated that that was the approach it took. Because that's 100% what it would be now. Mm -hmm. And when he when he is naked at the end, he uh, he gives it. He gives us a performance. Yeah. So that was funny. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite (laughs) storylines, to be honest, because, again, a lot of the funny ones have kind of one joke to them but he's just really good at that one joke and he's a very fun character to watch and like overall like probably one of the less problematic storylines which you know considering that we're talking about the fact that he's getting naked on national tv and like watching porn with his manager and talking about fucking celebrities that are like 30 years younger than him like it's kind of sad that that's one of the less problematic ones but (laughs) Well, yeah. let's see which one is next. We mm-hmm. haven't gotten to like any of the the oh oh Liam Neeson is next. Um, oh, at the top of this, I was gonna ask everyone to predict. I shed a tear in this movie. I'm not ashamed to say it on this viewing, and I was gonna have everyone try and guess when it happened. It's a Liam Neeson moment. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Titanic scene. No, but that movie did wreck me a couple years ago when we did it for this stupid podcast. No, I, I was going to originally be like, where in the movie, but I can confirm it happened during the Neeson story. And it's like a small, insignificant moment that for some reason in that moment was just like, God damn it. So when he calls him dad. Did he do it? at the? I don't he think that so. Like towards the end. OK, my moment is towards the end. I'll let Kim guess. I got nothing. nothing. There's there's no tear jerking moment, and you should <laughs> you should take that statement back. I don't. I own it. I did it. It happened. Yeah. Uh, it's when he comes back from going to see the girl. She kisses him, and then he just happily leaps into Liam Neeson's arms, and the music swells, and they give each other a big hug. And I was like, God damn it! They love each other so much. You must really cry for the Christmas Coca-Cola commercials. <laughs> Which one? The, the holidays are coming truck Just, one? Because yeah, I, get, I do them. get really excited that the holidays are coming. Yeah, I think there's a formula that works for you. <laughs> it's just the kid stuff now gets me. 
Uh, that's, I, a, yeah. that's the stepdad and it's like oh my gosh your relationship would be so weird and like you're trying and at the end the kid's like we did it and we're a family and i'm like well done kid i didn't appreciate that as being sentimental because i think he could have as a father figure put more emphasis on what a healthier relationship would be kid. not like you gotta kid. win her over by doing these things and you gotta really convince her that she likes you by manipulating her interests and you're like okay. that is kind of what this movie's all about though but <laughs> and i feel like it's done in a cute way you know like he's just lost his mom like he needs somewhere to put his energy he has this crush like he's maintaining that like she's the one for him and like he did try to have like that conversation of oh there's other fish in the sea like it'll be fine but uh, which yeah i, I think mean, that was good I thought advice it was and... pretty innocent and the kids it was when enjoy playing the drums it was when he says the name of his crush and you're like yeah it was mom's name or something and i'm like yeah that's mm, gonna we need a therapist shit. and we need it soon you know <laughs> yeah, like that's gonna... this is not healthy this is like we're redirecting his his grief onto this poor innocent beautiful singer who's like eight years old and apparently the the yeah. actor playing her, I don't know, but did that was her singing, apparently. Oh, that's good. Yeah. OK, there was one moment when she's singing that was beautiful. It was Emma Thompson watching her and being so in love with the with her with this little kid's voice. And I'm like, you know, you made it when Emma Thompson looks at you with that look like you're doing something right. That was cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the first time, we actually listened to the entire album that that all I want for Christmas is you comes from the Mariah Carey album. It's like the only upbeat song on there, which was surprising. And the rest is, it reminded me of the Christina Aguilera Christmas album, which we had to play when I worked at a CD store where she just selected the songs where she could sing the most rather than the ones maybe you would want to hear is like, Ooh, I can really give this song my, and that's what all of it is like silent night and come all ye faithful. It's like, I want fucking energize me up a little bit you can't open with that and be like okay well let's take it down for nine songs well come all you faithful but only dogs can hear it it's it's no kelly clarkson christmas album at least she understands that people want shit to be upbeat and happy which is she's in this movie but no christmas song but i guess that album didn't exist yet so it'd be weird if the movie was able to include it uh what storyline were we talking about liam neeson the little kid, liam yeah, neeson. yeah I, I, don't, I like it him running through the airport note. as the music does the wah, 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 you're like fucking go i have a note here where i just wrote down i still don't understand why the kid thinks that becoming a rock star is the only way to find love well because that's what bill nighy told him no he notices bill nighy at the end and that's when he, he, he was probably story. watching that that t- whatever the British version of Total Request Live is that he was on when he's like become a rock star, you know, give you the drugs for free. And then the kid was like, hmm. I think this was the moment too where I was like, maybe this would be a good parental moment to tell the kid there's other options. Be yourself. He he did say like okay. (laughs) Yeah, but does that have your own interests? Don't go after something that you think somebody else will like. Like he's but he's also learning to be a dad. It's been made pretty clear that he and the kid didn't have much of a relationship. So they're both figuring it out. One could also argue it's very weird. He tells the kid that he's going (laughs) to have sex with Claudia Schiffer in the kid's bedroom. Yes, but he's figuring it out. And where's his end, actual dad they uh, probably also dead and at the end or it's like hugh grant or something and i completely didn't pick up on it 
And that's why it's not in the picture. Hug. It's illegitimate. <laughs> no one can know. He does kind of look like Colin. He mm. does kind of look mm. like Colin. What a twist that would have been. And if that's the baby he had, like if the whole movie's playing with the chronology of it all, and that kid is the result of actually 10 years ago when he went overseas and slept with January Jones. I don't I know. Like that I, have much... I like, yeah, I like that plot line. I think yeah, it's cute. I, I like it. I despise I... it. <laughs> well, two against one, democracy rules. The story is good. <laughs> next uh, next oh my god there's still four more oh, look, can I, say, I didn't realize until like two years ago that, that was claudia schiffer at the end i think it was when i was talking to you sean like a couple of years ago You're like yeah and then claudia schiffer's there and i'm like oh like the whole movie built to that joke and i did not get it well because it actually built to it i guess in a way that's a little more subtle instead of some of the other jokes but uh, it's time to talk about the Hugh Grant storyline. A girl comes to work for him and she curses and then he goes, I'm in love with you. And that's basically that relationship. <laughs> Again, we have to assume it's like the Colin Firth one where there was a whole bunch of bonding stuff that we didn't see. But all we all we see is they first meet and she accidentally curses because she's nervous. And then like she brings some coffee one time. And then he catches her in the room with the president not really doing anything. And he doesn't like that. And then, and then they fall madly in love. And then, yeah. she's, she sends him a Christmas card that says something along the lines of like, I'm sorry for what I did with Billy Bob Thornton, but I love you or I'm yours. And it's yeah. just like you're Natalie. Yeah. And then he's like, we have to drive to her neighborhood and go door to door, even though she would have provided her address when she applied for the job. <laughs> Again, so one HR quick not doing the job <laughs> right now could take care of this. Yeah. Like you're the prime minister. Like you can get this and you can get anybody's. That's true. What's she going to do? Say no. This entire <laughs> movie is just based on people flexing their authoritative powers. <sighs> Although she came on to Alan Rickman. So. That's different, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to Mia. I feel like that's going to be the last story that we're going to pull. But I mean, the the prime minister story just gets by on the fact that Hugh Grant is just a charming son of a bitch. I did. I no, no. I didn't like when he dances. He dances, mm, Kim. The dance was so cringy for me. I think I looked away. Kim, no. <laughs> the dance is my favorite part of this shitty movie. My no phone just said that you added a new story. Is this to your sarcasm? Instagram, Kim. I can't tell. If this is this is not. This is real. This is real sentiment. Yes, I love the dance. <laughs> scene. Okay, it's so stupid and bad, but I love it. <laughs> also, Kim, my phone just popped up a notification that you posted a story for the first time in a while which I assume you're doing instead of paying attention to this conversation. I didn't. No, I just, I, I looked at it. All I did was look at the cast list and then I realized I had a text from my partner to say I'm buying milk. So, Is that what your Instagram story was about too? Because it says you posted for the first time in a while. Good day, guys. There's fresh milk coming. I posted these six hours ago. Well, <laughs> I mean, this says now. So I can't get the blurry thing to un- unblur, but... That was six hours ago. I like the dance too. Oh, guys! And then really? he gives—he <laughs> gives us a joke. Is it's gonna be like gotcha? And then Billy oh, Bob's the fun. Billy Bob's <laughs> the U.S. president, and he shows up, and he's all smug. Billy Bob, I'm not gonna. They don't. The movie. What doesn't. the hell does it mean when you say, "Look at the pipes on that one"? 
I, I, I would have. Th- that's not that's not boobs. That's not anything. What the fuck? Yeah, that's again. I should ask Rob if that's what he if that's what people in England think that people in America talk like, because the only thing when you say look at the pipes on that one is if someone is singing, singing. very well is my yes. understanding. So the only thing I was like, does he mean legs? It's the I only thing he, I can think of. Oh, maybe because yeah, they make fun of her tree trunk thighs. Because like, yeah. but I mean, up until recently, I thought that no one could misconstrue what a frown was, and I was told that that's not the same. So maybe oh, yeah, it's Kim, internal and, pipes. Kim, did you know that in England, when they say frown, they mean furrow your eyebrows? Um, isn't that what you do when you frown? No, you <laughs> frown with your mouth. It's a, a facial thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's a facial thing, but specific yeah. to the mouth until, well, so we thought until like two weeks ago. Okay. No, I did not. There's <laughs> a whole British American disconnect here. Um, the best line in that whole story is, where the fuck is my fucking coat? So there you go. <laughs> Come along, plumpy. <laughs> I actually know think... the best part of that. Sorry, Kim. The best part of that story is Hugh Grant's face when his driver starts singing in the Christmas Carol in a very deep baritone. That's true. That was pretty good. That was. That's funny. actually that's funny. Only movie um, this guy has been in, by the way. Really? Wow. Yeah. I take issue with his rock star moment as prime minister when he shuts down Billy Bob Thornton as the American president. It's not based on. The politics of the nation is just personal. Like, I deeply hate you for winning over this woman. He literally does it because he just saw them standing in a room together. The whole nation's economy is going to pay now. (laughs) Like, because he decided to, like, piss on his his phone post and, like, mark his territory, basically. The prime minister at that time. Sorry, Rob, I don't remember who it was actually came out and said, you know, I know you all want me to make a Hugh Grant speech, but (laughs) unlike the movies, you have to think about the next day and the next month is like, that's true. Like Hugh Mm -hmm. Grant had his big moment. And then 48 (laughs) hours later, he's going to sit down and go, I mean, I can't follow through. As a prime minister, he didn't seem very efficient. No, it does kind of or competent in any way. It does hint pretty early on that he's not very good at his job or well thought of. So he had his big moment where he's, you know, we don't actually know what the politics are. It's just a bunch of people sitting in a room going, that's unacceptable. Well, that's how it's got to be. We don't actually know what the hell they're talking about, which I think is very funny. I do like, like there's, wanted... there's a picture of Margaret Thatcher in his office and he turns to the picture at once and goes, you ever have this issue when he realizes he's in love with with somebody who works there? And he just goes, of course he did. <laughs> you saucy minx. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Hugh Grant's charming as hell. I wonder if that line is actually improvised. I feel like probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel and I know this is the story that gets all the fat phobic stuff. It's not great, but I also feel like we're supposed to think that those characters are wrong is the interpretation I got. Like she's so clearly not or should not be the subject of those jokes. It's just yeah. it's it's a really safe way to say this is why we're going to like this male character. Because he's not a dick when everybody else is being a dick, but he's still kind of a dick. And, and he's it's, mostly it's, only not a dick because he wants to sleep with her. To so sleep with like... her, yeah. So it's it's it for me like wa- like I think if I watched that when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah, there's there's something charming here. But now I look at it and I think 
man, there's, there's, this is not going to be a long lasting relationship. <laughs> I just realized, do any of the characters actually sleep together before like getting engaged or declaring their love for each other? I don't think they do. I think he and mm. Natalie share their first kiss at the recital. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's also the age difference there, too, where like Emma Thompson at the end is like, oh, you watch out. You'd be exactly his type 20 years ago. That's significant. That's such a good line, too, because it makes you realize like he's predatorial. Like he's probably done this so often in the past. I don't know. That line stood out for me as like, I don't think this is a good character. The airplane the scene at the end seems specifically too. there to because, you know, all the couples are still together to be like, look, some of this stuff seemed messed up. But look, it's all fine. They're all still good. <laughs> and then they did that charity short a few years ago where they brought everyone back and confirmed like they're still fine. Everyone's still together and it's great. And even Laura Linney got a happy ending and you go, all right, fine. I remember nothing from that charity short, except it's, the kids are still together. It's literally every single scene from this movie, but done again. Like Rowan Atkinson wraps a present and takes too long. Hugh Grant does the exact same dance. He goes, the kid goes, grown up kid goes to Liam Neeson is like, I have girl problems. And Liam Neeson's like, oh, here we go again. It's it's the same movie. Andrew Lincoln shows up and holds cards, but it's a little more self-aware. All right, we only have three more left. Let's spin the three wheel. more. Oh my goodness, we've been talking for almost an hour. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my throat! Can is we sick. go through one quickly? Like <laughs> no, because the net. Well, the porn actors will be super quick. Okay, good. Let's do. But that. We still have Emma Thompson and Kira Knightley. No. <laughs> like the, arguably the two biggest subjects. Um, I just spun Emma Thompson. Uh, she's the best actor in the movie, and this storyline is not the happiest one to watch, but is definitely the most. Like, if you separated that out and made it into its own little short film. I think it would succeed mm-hmm. uh, the best. Yeah, it definitely has the most meat out of any of them. But also, oh my god, I hated like every character in this except Emma Thompson and her children. I think that's, that's, <laughs> horrible, horrible Bernard. <laughs> that whole bit that the that we just see glimpses into this weird like the Christmas recital that ends the movie. This is just like lobsters and octopus, and they never like they question it. This is Spider Man ex- kid. <laughs> And I love that, that they just like she has the one line about like I was second lobster. I was like, there was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. She has that line. I think that's that, probably my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> everyone else is just this is what. A, and you know what? I haven't actually been to a Christmas recital yet because they're still too young. I hope it's just that. I hope it's just like I'm going to dress like a monkey. OK, cool. I'd much rather go see that than. Here are the wise men. And here's this like, no, give me chaos. Give me your interpretation of Christmas. <laughs> um, I don't even think we summed up like the story of the Hugh Grant one. He's prime minister. He sleeps with an employee. Uh, Emma Thompson. Is he having a physical or only emotional affair? Did he sleep with her? I think he does because someone pointed out in like a Reddit thread that when whatever the fuck her name is mia puts on the necklace her bed is all rumpled on both sides so like the implication is that oh good catch. it is in fact sex in a necklace i awkward until <laughs> yeah. this till this moment i would have argued it was an emotional affair 
I thought so too until like two years ago. And then, yeah, I saw that. And now it's all I can see when I watch it is that, yeah, she's like getting redressed in like her fancy lingerie and like her bed's all messed up and she's putting on the necklace. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. That makes this so much sadder. Didn't understand their bit in the airport at the end. He comes back from being Mag- with magazine business i assume yeah, oh, okay i thought yeah. he just went off to be with the woman i was like i'll give you a month and then you'll come back and welcome home i mean maybe that was kind of a trial separation i'm gonna go stay maybe. with someone for a month yeah. i assumed it was a business trip but that actually might make more sense but then she just accepts them home and you're like this is this is an emotionally tormented situation i don't is this is this the best thing to do? Like, I guess See, the film didn't want to break anybody up. Well, that's and, the interesting thing, yeah. too, is that obviously they couldn't do the follow up in the charity short because Alan Rickman had passed. And Emma Thompson said, out of respect for Alan Rickman, I'm not going to appear in this. So we don't actually see what happened there. But mm-hmm. to me, the implication is definitely they will be cordial for the children. But that's probably okay. it. OK, like she only she kisses him on the cheek and says, it's good to have you back. Mm hmm. And that's it. I feel like he's probably like maybe he stays at the house. They're not sharing a bed. And maybe they get therapy. Maybe they go through some stuff. It's all it's all very gross, too, because like it really is like the whatever the fuck she is, receptionist or event planner or whatever. HR manager. No, yeah, maybe (laughs) Maybe Maybe. that's why he's getting away with all this. That's why it's so bad. I have a complaint. Yeah, but I want to fuck him. So. Yeah, but she, like, pursues him hard, and it's gross, and, like, she just keeps going, and, like, Alan Rickman does nothing to shut her down, which also is pretty terrible, considering, like, he ultimately seems to have, like, a pretty solid home life. Yeah, his kids are adorable. Emma Thompson seems Emma great. Emma Thompson? Yeah. Like, you're married like, to you, Emma Thompson. You're married Come on. to Emma Thompson. Are you really going to leave her for fucking LOL doll come to life, Mia? She's weird looking. Yeah. Maybe that's not a nice thing to say, but sh- yeah, she's no Emma Thompson. It's it's no, also not. that, but they they write her so weirdly, and I still I I think when I watch that scene, like I hate her a lot, but like clearly it's Alan Rickman is as, as much as a part of this disaster as, as yeah. she is. Oh, like, yeah. like like he's, like you said, down, he's not Rickman. fighting it. Yeah, and he welcomes it in weird ways. Yeah. But would you? Maybe this is too personal a question. You don't have to answer it. But would you raise the issue to your partner that you know they're cheating in a public forum? That's. (laughs) Yes, because I'm spiteful. And like, not just in a public forum, but like in a public forum where you are then going to have to like interact with people and pretend like you didn't just tell your partner that you know that they're cheating in one form or another, like. I don't know. She held it together for a while. She though. did. So yeah. At a certain point, I think it's just like I. It can't. boils over. Yeah. Yeah. Because that—that's, I think, the best scene in the movie. Definitely the best acted scene in the movie. Yeah. Where she oh, thinks yeah. she's getting the necklace. She opens a Joni Mitchell CD, goes to her room, balls, and it's then just Mitchell. like, and then <laughs> yeah. What, and then what, what did I say? Did I say Joni Mitchell? No, I just so I like I like that she goes to cry to the, the yeah to the CD she just on got the CD. <laughs> and I like the little touch where she just fixes the bed just for no mm, reason. It's just a yeah. nice little actor touch that she's like, what else? I don't know what well, to do Emma with myself. Thompson. Pulls like, herself together and yeah. then goes back and is like, oh my gosh, everything's totally fine. It's like man, and it's that like scene a makes my stomach scene. hurt. Yeah, like it's just yeah, that is acting. That is a performance. 
Yeah. I like the the big part of that whole and like the big part of that whole story is just that it's it's awkward to watch because Emma Thompson is so good at showing like her breaking points. But I feel like the scene when he's buying the necklace with Rowan Atkinson, it doesn't work. I get like it's it's comedic, it but me, it it makes me angry. It makes me angry too. And it doesn't it doesn't work, it doesn't do anything for this storyline. And I don't understand why why Rowan Atkinson is there. <laughs> Because he's an angel. Like, yeah, That's- exactly. I think he's supposed to be like a Christmas, like a Christmas guardian angel. So he was like yeah. looking out for Emma Thompson. And then he looks like, out for the kid, help you get the caught. kid later. Yeah. yeah, he helps the kid break all kinds of laws. Is he helping yeah, exactly. Emma Thompson? He's not helping Emma Thompson. <laughs> I think he's trying sort of to get to like, either make it so stall. that Alan Rickman gets caught or that the very least, yeah, that he cannot purchase this gift. Yeah. I did realize and it was a good reminder for me before i start christmas shopping is when when the cashier says would you like me to gift wrap this oh no always no yeah (laughs) i always make that mistake i go in and i say yes the first time and i'm just standing there for 10 minutes like what do i do do you think there's data out there that backs up that after this movie came out the gift wrapping option in stores was used far less because people were like, no, thanks. I think it would be <laughs> used Mr. more because people would be like, mm, I want the, the rose petals from your drawer, please. Like, the, Yeah, that's the other thing. Is there studies to back that like gift wrapping in stores got more elaborate? After Maybe this that's true. Because, yeah, people would be like, oh, you got to put a sprig of parsley in there. And be like, I got this bow, this green. I'm going to put that on the box. And then I was going to give it to you. Yeah. What if the other, what if Joanna's family also knew the shortcuts to the airport? Obviously they did because they got there, like they had time to get through security and everything. They were Rob, at the gate. It's another Rob conversation. It's like, we'll go to the airport. I know a shortcut. It's like, one, no, you don't. <laughs> Come on. Realistically, though, no would one you knows be going... a shortcut to the airport. You're just going to would... drive fast. Would you go to a pageant and then immediately book it to the airport during the holidays? That's that true too. Logistics that's, at work. That's shit <laughs> there didn't seem like, and there didn't seem like there was that much like foot traffic in the airport for it being like yeah. Heathrow on like the twenty third of December, post nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. That yeah, why would the parents like? If her recital had been delayed five minutes, they'd be like, well, you can't sing your song because, you know, you know, we got to get to the airport. We're going to America for a month. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Poor Joanna. There's a lot of trouble in that household. They don't respect her art. What storyline were we talking about? Emma Thompson. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't think there's much more to say. It's really sad and awful, it's, and I wish she had divorced him. Yeah, mm. it's very sad. Everyone is very good. Oh, I of, oh. would have appreciated a huge outburst from her because like we don't get him. We don't. Yes, I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get angry in the movie. We just get just slits his throat with one of the mache <laughs> <lobster he's>... claws. <laughs> she gift wraps him <laughs> in the most crucial, bloodiest way. <laughs> At the final shot of the movie. (laughs) Just go to sleep. (laughs) All right. Well, we only got two left. Let's see what the wheel takes. The porn actors are going to be last. There's the least to say about them. Okay. Kira Knightley. So everybody (laughs) knows this one. Kira Knightley uh, is getting married 
and Andrew Lincoln is the groom's best man. And she thinks that he hates her because he's very cold to her, but he's actually super in love with her. And she finds that out because her wedding tape is, I forget what she says. Just something her face. Well, the, they're, no, all, they're all me. She seeks out his version yeah. because there's something wrong with hers. And there's nothing wrong with it. She just says my photographer was shit. <laughs> I need your video. Everything, yeah, everything's blue. Yeah. Yeah. And then so she's like, I need your video. And he goes, oh, I probably, I don't know. I probably taped over it. So then she just shows up at his apartment. And she's like, I brought you this whatever. Banoffee pie. Yeah. Where's the tape? Where is it? And it's and just they, out in the open. It's out in the open on a shelf with other tapes clearly labeled. Well, realistically, he's pulling it out when he wants to, to masturbate to. Like, yes, this, yes. Is, this is oh who this God. guy is. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you said it because I missed it. I was done i was saying to my wife like she is gonna realize later like we all talk about the card thing and how that's weird but it's not talked about enough that he had a perfectly edited montage of her face and so he's gonna spend christmas eve crying and having a like having a wank and yeah. she's gonna realize that like i, I guess they're fine because they're at the airport but she must have had that moment where she's like hang on you're gonna wank to this <laughs> <laughs> he was never intending to show them that he had that tape but he, and he, he had no edited shame. it he has no shame he's not gonna hide it he calls it this person's wedding <laughs> like call it i don't know like my bank number four yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like Ed, something something that people would never want to watch <sighs> i this this whole story is is disgusting to me for that reason that this guy is clearly obsessed in not a loving way. This isn't love. This is like I'm serial killer obsession. And then Kira Knightley responds with after getting married to presumably somebody she really loves and adores and wants to love for the rest of her life. And it takes a second for her to go, you know what? This creepiness that you're doing. I love it. I, I'm going to reward this with a full on five second lip kiss. Yeah, she does. Like if, if my partner's best friend showed up and did that thing, I would stop it immediately <laughs> and say, we need to talk because this is this is unhealthy. I would That's just call it. I, I'd be like, I lied. It's not carolers. It. Yes. You got to come see this. <laughs> and of course, I... the big question, what if Keira Knightley hadn't answered the door? What was his yeah. plan? He's standing there with a stack of Bristol board cards and a stereo. Hey, mate, what's up? Oh, thought you'd be watching the game. Um, this is an art project that I <laughs> purchased from a store and was on my way home with. And then I also bought a stereo and I'm going to leave now. She does get up really quickly for that doorbell. Like I get up quickly when I know Uber Eats is arriving and the doorbell goes. But if I don't know people are coming over and the doorbell goes, it's not a like, should we go? It's more of there's a serial killer at the door. We're not opening it. I feel like in 2003, you were opening the door faster, though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> And I think they were both watching the game. So she probably wanted to, you know, go rush whoever because they want to watch the game. Yeah. OK. And th then there's the line like, oh, it's carolers. Throw him a quid and tell him to bugger off. It's like, is that to make us like him less? So we're like, oh, she should leave him for Walking Dead. Yeah, he wrote his he wrote words on cards. What if he fucked up and dropped one too quick? I had to pick it up. What if he got the order the, wrong? The dead, the dead lady card. 
the corpse card if you just drop that one like are you not questioning at that point what the fuck is happening here it's scary though because i do like i said i i saw that scene before and i thought cute like everyone did but why like what were we because it's a big gesture it bothers me less than i think it bothers most people it's not cute but i think it bothers me it's less creepy than the 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 face video because yes yeah he's clearly jerking off to that and like you know he he said like he only made this gesture after he knew that she knew like he had no intention of ever telling her that like he had feelings for which like i guess to an extent like okay fine like you know it's still creepy that he has the clear like masturbatory video it's yeah, still the, weird. the it's gesture still would have been stomping on that in front of her to go i'm not gonna wank and then the sign just says <laughs> i'm not gonna wank to this <laughs> missed opportunity instead i'm gonna gonna wank to this and then the photo oh yeah yeah and like remember that kiss kiss and just like wank until it's raw yep he has no other plans so that's a hundred percent how he spent christmas but then they all show up at the airport together so do we think they're in like thruple territory (laughs) nah i think he's just just joined them i mean that would have been cool if this movie also celebrated the love of like polygamy is that the word i want yeah I think polyamory. Oh, polyamory. polyamory? Yeah. What's polygamy? Yeah. Polygamy this is, is like sister wives. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, that's different. Yeah. I love how I was like, it's the P one. Yeah, that, that's the good one. <laughs> Would this story have been more interesting if he was in love with the husband? Because it's yes, sort of insinuated so. early yeah. on that that might be the case. I think it's Laura Linney who asks him yeah. if he's in love with whatever the husband's name is. Peter. Peter. And he's There's like, no, of course of- not. It's like that. Maybe that was the route to take this story, but there would have at least been something there. Like there's a friendship. Yeah. Like he hasn't even talked to Kira Knightley because I don't know. He very early on put her in the spank bank and was like, can't talk to her because I'm just gonna Which have is an a... Andy Sandberg moment and just yeah. in my pants. Which as a dude, I find offensive. That he's <laughs> just like, I can't even get it together to talk to another. Like, come on, dude. You're we're all adults here. You can come on. The, the whole thing, I really wanted there to be a queer narrative in this, but it, there was so much homophobia, like even with Bill Nighy, when he's expressing his love at the end, there was like, but we're going to we're going to do this as, yeah, as the dudes bro that go watch. Yeah. And I was like, just come on, just hug. Yeah. Just be in love. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's like when we did Friends, it's like, yeah, that shit doesn't hold up great, but I'm not going to be yeah. too mad at you. Different times, different mindsets. We've learned a lot and we've come a long way. Uh, uh, mm. <laughs> well, some of us. <laughs> Disappointingly large population pieces have not. Yeah, I I did really want them to be in love, not Karen Knightley, but him to be in love with with um the husband. I thought that would have been beautiful, especially since we all think the grand gesture of the orchestras is for the husband as well. But it really takes a sharp curve and goes like a sharp curve and just turns into like the most agonizing scary story in the movie yeah like and if it, you ha- if he holds the signs up for the husband and is like the whole thing like without Aww. hope or agenda <laughs> like and the husband and the husband's just like you know what no but we're yeah. gonna be fine there's oh your story. that would be sweet yeah and also that line without hope or agenda burn that card nobody talks like that that was stupid well yeah that's just yeah <laughs> 
Like it becomes up scarier because he's like, I'm going to try and use like fancy phrases now. (laughs) Like no pressure. But. Maybe they had to add it because hope or agenda would be I'm secretly here to whisk you away. And yeah, I think they had to (laughs) add it to be like, look, I'm getting closure. This has nothing to do with you. Yeah, I need this. I think that's how they try to play it. Right. Because, again, he's with them at the airport. They seem to like all have like a better relationship and like they're able to like interact. And like so maybe, you know, he really did just need like that closure of like, okay, like I never intended for you to know, you know, now I'm going to work on myself. Mm -hmm. But like we don't get Mm -hmm. that in between piece. So it's just like I'm going to do a bunch of creepy gestures that like in retrospect will be creepier. But it's fine because like the note cards are cute. And I mean, the movie even verbalizes it because when he's walking away, he says, "Enough." Oh, enough, enough now. So we know he's good. He did it. Did you think of Babe? I just thought of Babe. Like that'll do. That'll That'll do. do. Rhymes from The Walking Dead. That'll do. I hated that line. It had nothing to do. It didn't add anything. It was awkward. That's just that's them going. Is the audience going to get, though, that he's moved past her? Should he say, like, oh, good, I've moved past her? It's like, well, we should do something more subtle than that. How many people do you think did the card gesture that Christmas to their significant More than 50. So many. (laughs) How many people out of those people regret doing the card thing? More than 50. (laughs) I like the idea that someone did it to their existing spouse. So they just like rang their own doorbell and then had the signs. <laughs> but yes, a hundred percent. Some like there was a proposal with those. And... Doing it to your own partner will be way less creepy though. Yeah. I... Like, like that as like a proposal. Like if your like partner really enjoyed love actually back in 2003 would have been cute. Yeah. Way cuter than you're married to my best friend, but I guess I'll shoot my shot. But also there's a paper shortage now and he writes very big on a lot of Bristol boards. So like, you'd have to use like okay. the really cheap dollar store paper. You would yeah. use an iPad and just. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Swipe. Yeah. <laughs> Much more eco-friendly. Etch-a- one of them Etch-a-Sketches. So you or not the Etch-a-Doodle <laughs> board. So you write it and then. <laughs> the Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah, the Etch-a-Sketch would have been awkward. Just... I would appreciate that more. Fuck, ours are hard. <laughs> it would have been there for hours. <laughs> I have to mostly do C's, E's, and O's. Let's see what I can work out. A V, fucking impossible. I can't. Love is out. It's all gonna look like U's. Oh, I wish that was. Somebody must have a sketch of that somewhere. That's funny. <laughs> uh, the only story left is the porn story. Which... I've been calling it Bilbo and boobs. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I yeah. actually appreciated this one more this time because, again, it's one joke. Look at these people having a casual conversation while simulating sex for a softcore pornography. But I feel like it's the only relationship that I believe the foundation of. Yeah, it is by far the healthiest relationship yeah. in the movie, which is <laughs> like the other distressing. ones don't show us them interacting or falling in love, but this shows enough to go like they have been in a very intimate situation all day with only each other to talk to. So there would probably be. And at the end, it's like, let's talk more. I like this. 
And they're so respectful of each other, where, as we've mentioned with all the other stories, you just don't see that. Boundaries do not exist in the other stories. Mm. Yeah. But so, and, and they have that line too when so they finish filming and he's dropping her off at home and he just says, I get really nervous about this sort of thing, even though they've been naked and mimicking sex all day. But he's like, unlike you, can we go out? I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah. I, I they have probably the healthiest relationship of the movie. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. it. We covered all the stories. They all come together at the end and we see them all at the Christmas recital. And then we're back to the airport and God only knows where we'd be without the Beach Boys. And then that's That's the movie. That's Love Actually. Yeah. Everybody's thoughts. (laughs) Hard pass. Never watch it again. I'm going to really struggle (laughs) to break my tradition because I really love to cling to a good streak. But like genuinely i like this movie less and less every single year and i I, I don't want to watch it again it seems like the thing to do is separate yourself from it for six or seven years because i enjoyed this viewing it's very just surface level christmas fluff that if you do what we did here today and think about any story or any character for more than two seconds you go hang a tick but (laughs) like in terms of just here's a bunch of Christmas vibes and some silliness and some, like a bunch of really good actors. Like sure. Like after today, it'll probably be another five years before I revisit this one. And may, who knows? There are definitely problematic elements. I don't agree with like writing it off completely as that's a problematic movie and that's done. We can identify there are things that didn't age well without being like, fuck that movie. And I think you've got a point too, right? That like, because it's such an ensemble cast and there's so many different storylines and they only like vaguely intermingle, like there's a lot that we're not seeing that I think makes it feel more service level and therefore like more problematic in ways that if it had focused just in on like one couple, you could probably see where there's like more of a relationship there than what we're getting. Like, I didn't hate it, but I'm just like, I'm tired of watching it. Yeah, I did it in two shifts. That's also probably the way to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting as a movie for people to kind of grow with. Like, like we were saying when we were younger, we thought some of this was was kind of cutesy, and now we kind of see it differently through a more yeah. critical lens. But it's in it. I mean, it kind of, if you think about it that way, does something successful because it does get you thinking about love in a healthier way, rather than. If I mean, if you see the issues in the film, if you don't, maybe, you know, <laughs> revisit your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> if you're obsessing over somebody and only taking videos of her without her consent, like, um, at least it's her face and wasn't like her boobs or something. I guess you know that worse. was in the editing room and they're like, oh, we, we're going to have to cut this out. <laughs> yeah, those are the ones where you just see her face. Yeah. When he just does like quick zooms in and out of her butt. Oh no! <laughs> to the Benny Hill, he edited in the Benny Hill theme. <laughs> I thank Could God you imagine that. Kira Knightley watching that, being like, "Oh, <laughs> my favorite song." <laughs> actual Peter never talks about my butt. Thank God that storyline didn't end with like maybe I made a mistake. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, something you're currently enjoying. Oh, camp- fuck me. I forgot about this. We do it every Again. time. I know. Every and, I single forget, time. and I forget about it every single time. Uh, I went to see the menu um, with Ray Fines and some other people, and I really appreciated that movie, had some really good laughs with it, and it had a really interesting, non-extravagant ending, but had a really exquisite touch to it, and I recommend it. I can't believe I'm the only one of us who hasn't seen that movie. (laughs) I'm very disappointed in you. (laughs) I really want to. I I use my theatrical outing for Violent Night, which I can't Mm. use as my thing, because obviously we did a whole episode about it, but I will once again reiterate, it looked like it sold more tickets last night than it did when we went opening night. So I'm hoping that's a good sign. It overperformed in its opening weekend. So once again, go see that movie. I want an entire, I want Violent Night 2, Violent Harder by 2024. (laughs) Have you had a chance to think about something, Sam? Well, I was going to use Violent Night, but now I feel like you've ruined it. You still can. Okay, well, then my thing is Violent Night. Cool. It was very fun. And there's an episode, so I guess go listen to that. <laughs> I we, we're, pretty, like... <laughs> we're pretty good about spoilers. so. And I, I feel like we all had like pretty similar opinions. I haven't listened to the episode because we've established that I don't listen to the podcast. Yep. <laughs> I still feel like the but biggest... I, I, I don't even know who you ended up doing the episode with. So... Other Sam. OG Sam. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I still feel like the biggest compliment I can pay that movie is that when it ended, I looked at Rob and went, and he went, yeah, it was good. Like, there you go. That's the highest of praise. I have Um, not laughed that hard in a movie in a very long time. God, what do I cite? I guess I'll give a shout out to the Callisto Protocol, which is a video game, uh, horror in space video game that is basically, hey, there hasn't been a new Dead Space in a while and people didn't like that last Dead Space. So we're going to make a new game, call it something else. But guess what? It's just Dead Space. And then in eight weeks from now, a remake of Dead Space is going to come out, which I feel like maybe stole the thunder of this whole other idea that they wanted to do. But I've been saving up my Microsoft rewards points forever. And I was like, I have enough to get a free game. I'm going to get that game. And then the reviews came out and people went, I don't know about this game. So I molded over for like two days i ignored my kids and was like daddy has some thinking to do (laughs) and i basically just did it before i could talk myself out i put it i cashed in my points put it in the cart and just went do it i like it i'm not saying the people who don't are wrong but i'm kind of saying that can i give a shout out to one more thing yes (laughs) i I am revisiting some uh, SNL holiday themed sketches, and I recently rewatched the Christmas Candle oh, one. Christmas Candle's so good. And I feel like that needs to be a tradition that everybody does throughout the holidays. Put up that song, listen to it, and marvel at it. <laughs> it's very good. I always have to at least revisit. Uh, I don't actually know what the name of the song is, but when like, Tracy Morgan, Fallon, Catan, and Sands all come out and do the, the yeah. I don't care what your mama says song. Yeah. I got to watch Christmas that every is, year. Yeah. Oh, that one's good. I haven't, I haven't come across that one this year. Okay, good. I'm going to do that. Um, yeah. I guess that's that. Callisto Protocol. It's better than people are saying. 
Uh, and we're still watching Wednesday or my wife is, and I'm in the room when it's on doing other things because <laughs> I'm just curious enough that I want to see it through, but it does not get my full sit down attention. It's more like, Oh, well the dishwasher should be full before we go to bed. So I'm going to do that while Wednesday is playing. Kim, you made it endorsement. Yeah. Kim, you made it all the way through, right? I did. Yeah. I think we have three episodes left. It was, it was a bit disappointing. It was very, very by the book textbooky show. What if if Wednesday went to Hogwarts? Yeah. And Tim Burton doing Tim Burton stuff. And not even really though. Like if you didn't tell me this is him, I would have Uh, no idea. Like, yeah, well, like some of the designs like don't really stand out as, as, as what he typically does, but I feel like storyline, it's very, very much what he likes to do. (laughs) Jenna Ortega is great, but also. Oh, the acting's phenomenal. The actors are amazing. Yeah. I love them all. That the Christina Ricci Renaissance is seemingly underway between this and yellow jackets. And uh, Gwen- Genevieve, Genevieve Turner, Tar from Game of Thrones. She's very good mm. in it. Um, but or Brienne of Tar. It also doesn't help that I pretty quickly realized every single joke is exactly the same joke. Whereas just Wednesday will say something dark and then be like, I enjoy doing that. Mm. Oh, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. In fact, I might do that tonight. Like, that's it. That's every joke in the show. Revenge is a dish best served cold. I like to serve it with a side of agony. There you go. Every Wednesday joke right there. <laughs> Say there a is, thing and then be like, I do that thing. There is a really good bonding relationship between um, a lot of the 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 kid characters, which I kind of like. I like her and the, the bubbly roommate. I think. That yeah, they're really good. good. Like it could be just like, oh, I hate you all the time. But they actually follow this like more enticing story. But yeah. It was. It's entertaining enough. Yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah. It's missing just a little bit of something. Yeah. I haven't watched it because I don't like Tim Burton. Oh, the, 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 I know. Oh. Con- controversial statement. <laughs> is this is a- like me not liking the dance. <laughs> the dance. You know, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Wow. I'm well, sorry. Can Kim. I can I ask why? I just don't like his style and it's all samey and it's all yeah. like he's he's kind of a one trick pony who uses the same actors again and again and again and again and again. And it's all basically the same and it's quirky and it's over the top and I just I don't vibe with it. I mean, that's fair. That was my criticism of Wednesday. So. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, for me, it's the opposite. I wish it had more of that stuff instead of just here's this show that if you took Wednesday and replaced it with a different character, you wouldn't have to change that much. It would be Tuesday. Yeah, no, it was. um... (laughs) Yeah. 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 I would watch that show. Here's Wednesday's quirky older sister, Tuesday. I would watch that show too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Love actually. Dinner time, except probably not for either of you. It's in this No, because we're not senior citizens or toddlers. So it's going to be time to eat dinner here soon. It's three 58. So, uh, thank you both for watching 200 and not 200, a hundred. No, wait, 135. Yeah. I was getting the two hours and 15 in my head confused with the 200. Um, next week's the holiday, which is as we established the exact same length, just about 
but I've already watched <sighs> it. So I'm very happy. It's well, done. I did it. We'll talk next week, but I disagree entirely that it's the same thing. With the same length? There's no argument. That's math. Oh, no, I thought you meant it was the same thing in terms no, it's of like, the it's the length. same plot. I'm like, you can't argue what against, the fuck is wrong with you, Sean? You can't argue against the numbers. The like, okay, no. Unless you watched the wrong movie, then maybe, <laughs> which I'm still really excited for the episode where that happens and we sit down and realize we watched two different movies. There was, there was the Willis movie where my version was like 40 minutes longer than yours and it turned out to just be like, blank screen at the end of the runtime and i was so relieved <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that i realized that we actually have an episode going live christmas day this year which has never happened before so i think that one's going to be a christmas story because that makes a lot of sense that was my <laughs> fart noise <laughs> you're not on that episode thank we're, christ we're introducing like two people to that movie so mm. everyone's going to realize wow sam is wrong so that's going to be a fun one. And I'm not quite ready to. January does have a theme. Should I announce it? The plan for January is Januagony. Five oh. notoriously terrible movies. Oh, that went somewhere else. I was not expecting. <laughs> oh, what did you think we were going to do? I thought because in January, there's always those like killer, fun killer movies that come out or some sort of horror like oh, well, we underwater. We kind of did that with the Bye Bye Man where we talked about like the first weekend of January always has a list next year. It's Megan. Yeah. OK. That yeah, actually really that, that would be a fun one, too, though, if we just went back and damn it. <laughs> I'm rethinking it. Do we just do like hero horror movies that open to the first weekend of January? Here's the boogeyman. And we already did the bye-bye man though. And now it's probably just going to be notoriously terrible movies. Uh, the problem is narrowing it down because there's so many mm. infamously bad movies. So it's like, how deep do you go? Do you do the big, we're going to do Halle Berry Catwoman. We're going to do mm. Battlefield Earth. We're going to do this. Or do you drill down to that weird, like, here's a director who made like this one movie and he clearly had no idea what he was doing. I don't have that answer. The room was on the list, but I feel like that thing has been mined for every bit of material it already has. So I've never seen that. I do need to because it's always at the Mayfair. I That's the thing is, no one's. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I did have a coworker at one point who like went monthly to the screenings at the Mayfair and apparently brought spoons. There are spoons involved, so she would throw spoons at you. The, throw spoons. The screen. Oh, I don't cool. I don't understand. You will. That's why we maybe have to do it because then you'll have that like, oh Kim, moment. Kim will plan. You buy the tickets, I'll bring the spoons. <laughs> Perfect. You're, you're just gonna spend the whole time with your arm like this looking around like now, now. <laughs> oh, I threw my spoon too soon. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll bring backup spoons, Kim. <laughs> just bring a whole bag of plastic <laughs> spoons. <laughs> I'm fucking ready, you guys. Did anyone not bring a spoon? I'm out of plastic, but I have some wooden ones. Let's get nuts. <laughs> Did I say everything we need to say at the end of one of these episodes? Probably. Who are you some... thanking? Thank you all. That one. I, I thought I did. Thank you all for coming and listening and Merry Holidays. Merry Holiday Christmas. Seasons beatings. Time for some seasons beatings. <laughs>
these guys are going to be Feliz Navi dead is apparently another line that could have been in that movie. Um, in, in love, actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cut scene where Hugh Grant beat the shit out of a whole bunch of kids at the recital. Mm. Uh, take someone, take us out with a classic love actually quote. I told Sam to remind me to say enough, enough now, but then I said, I was going to say that'll do it. pig, but it's enough enough. So, so we I can, do actually, we for some reason, I still say just in cases in my day-to-day life. And I, it's like such a throwaway line. So just in cases, I don't even remember who said that uh, yeah. the, when she learns English, she learned English just oh. in cases. Oh, I'm going to go with whatever the top voted quote on IMDb. Really? IMDb? Oh, I got this. You, you have to go with this is shit, isn't it? I don't remember that either. It's Bill Nye. Oh, well, Solid good. gold shit, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we need to do that because IMDb voted it's my favorite time of day driving you. It's the saddest part of my day leaving you as what? the top quote from this movie. And that's some bull. Like, really? Where's the lobster quote? Like, where is it ranked in this? Mine is showing the first lines that whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, oh, see, that's I monologue about the. <laughs> that's weird because that's true. That has 152 out of 153 people found that interesting. 115 out of 115 found my quote interesting. IMDb doesn't feed you the same ranked quotes depending on who you are. <laughs> Uh-oh. This the is algorithm. crazy. I'm not even logged in. All right. I'm not well, even looking. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a different Karen line and then I'm gonna let us all go. The trouble with being the Prime Minister's sister is it does put your life into rather harsh perspective. What did my brother do today? He stood up and fought for his country. And what did I do? I made a paper paper mache. Oh, he would she would have said papier. I made a papier mache lobster head. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so for all those things nostalgic, I asked to do and say.